Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. From Mansur's on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. It's business, Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. If you're like me, you may never have completely gotten your head around cryptocurrency or believed that it is viable and the inevitable replacement for traditional bullion-based currency. And when the crypto market cratered in the summer of 2022, you might have felt a little bit vindicated and assumed that the whole thing was over, just like you'd been saying all along. But there has more than a few entrepreneurs here in Baton Rouge who don't think crypto has at all had its day in the sun, and they will tell you that cryptocurrency and other types of virtual currencies and community currencies are alive and well and here to stay. Joining me today to discuss this is Jared Loftus, who was the poster child for entrepreneurism in Baton Rouge a decade ago. He had owned a popular t-shirt company near LSU, then brought the food truck revolution to the capital region with Taco to Paco. He also took on the beleaguered bus system Cats at a pivotal moment and got himself appointed to its board and then walked away from the spotlight to help grow the very successful startup Mastery Prep, the online test prep firm which recently was acquired by a huge national company. Jared also has helped to build Rasa.io, an AI-powered email newsletter platform, and these days he lives in the wild west of crypto with his new company, Max Boring, which is focused on building out the infrastructure that makes decentralized blockchains possible. Jared started the company at the beginning of 2022, and Jared was on our show during the pandemic lockdown when we were meeting on Zoom. So Jared, it is nice to see you here in person and to be able to catch up on so many different things that have been going on in your very robust Absolutely. career. I'm glad to be here and get and get a meal out of it. There I didn't get go. a meal on the Zoom. <laughs> With me and Jared at the table today is Charlie Davis, an entrepreneur and the CEO of Moxie, a network of small businesses who have banded together to improve their sales and cash flow through a unique community currency. You may remember we visited with Charlie's partner, Chip Davis, on this show in 2016 when Moxie was called Trade Authority and was in its infancy. In the years since, the community currency has grown to include 3,000 small business owners and has created a mobile app that makes using Moxie as easy as Venmo or a credit card. Charlie also was the president and co-founder of Mastery Prep. So we have two Mastery Prep alumni with us today. And as I mentioned, a Texas company recently acquired Mastery Prep and plans to grow the company still more. So Charlie, congratulations on a successful exit. Not many entrepreneurs are able to build a successful business and sell it for a lot of money. So we could talk Mastery Prep, we could talk entrepreneurs, but let's start with cryptocurrency, community currencies, and Jared, you know, like I said at the beginning, I still can't wrap my head around it. Maybe that's my problem. But can you help us really understand what we're talking about here and what it means to be building out the blockchain infrastructure? 
totally. So, I mean, you, you made the comment about bullion-based currency. I'm not familiar with uh, one that we have today, uh, being that the U.S. dollar is not even on that. So, it, it, you know, it's, it's a matter, like how currencies work in general, I think is probably one of the bis biggest misconceptions on the crypto side of, um, you know, my belief is that fundamentally this whole blockchain thing isn't going away. I'm not going to tell you that we're going to be using Bitcoin to buy this meal or transact or mm -hmm. do anything like that. But I believe that the, the underlying technology is important. And so what we do is provide the equipment, the, the computers that make that network possible. The software or the hardware? The hardware side of it. Yeah. Wow. So the way that this works, I think the best explanation I have for people is, you remember Napster? Yes. Being able to download songs. So if you had a song that you really liked and you downloaded that, that MP3 is on your on your computer, right? Mm -hmm. But if you said, hey, Jared, there's this great song. I want to send it to you so you can listen to it. You could have emailed me that MP3, and now it's on both of our computers, right? right. And so that digital thing, it's hard to put a lot of value to something that could just be easily replicated, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Well, on the blockchain, what's happening, let's say I have 10 Bitcoin and you have zero Bitcoin. If I send you one, that network that's keeping track of all those transactions goes, okay, Jared doesn't have 10 anymore. He has nine and Stephanie has one. And I can never change that because the only way I could change that is to talk everybody that has their computers plugged into the network to change their record, which is just not possible. Yeah. And so um, now we're able to have things that are digital in nature, but also can have value because they're not just being easily replicated. And then the way that gets put out into the world, you know, to what Charlie's doing and, and lots of others, we can, we can track that stuff and some interesting use cases happen. So do I think that the end all be all answer is happening right now? Maybe not, but the technology is here to stay. And that's what I think is really interesting. I want to go back to something you said, but Charlie, I want to bring you into the conversation here. So remind us what your company does, Moxie, and is it a cryptocurrency or is it just more of a barter type of system? Yeah, thanks. Um, I'm so glad you asked that. So Moxie is not a cryptocurrency. Personally, I'm a huge fan of Bitcoin and blockchain technology and a, and a, and a host of other advantages. But Moxie is an invitation-only network of small business owners. In fact, this restaurant we're in today, Mansour's, is a Moxie member. So there's a thousand businesses, believe it or not, a thousand companies in the greater Baton Rouge area that are part of the Moxie network, which means they can buy and sell from each other using Moxie credits instead of traditional dollars. And so we're not a cryptocurrency, we're a credit network. We are the most classical concept of businesses helping each other and buying and selling from each other directly and extending credit to one another as opposed to going to a central authority. Jared joked about, you know, the dollar's no longer bullion based. Of course, it hasn't been officially redeemable for gold since 1971 and arguably going back to 1945 when Bretton Woods happened. But Moxie is distinct from cryptocurrencies in every way possible. Mm -hmm. um, but it's still, you're not trading dollars per se. You're trading like the value of a service for the value of somebody else's service, basically? Yeah, so using Moxie is a lot like using an Amex black card or using Venmo. So if I came to this restaurant, at the end of the at the end of the meal, just like in any restaurant in America, they bring you a little bill folder, right, a fancy bill, and you put your Moxie credit card instead of your American Express or your MasterCard, and they swipe the credit card, and then behind the scenes, what our company does is we transfer the credits. Maybe a plumber came here, or a landscaper, or a plastic surgeon. Whoever came here and bought a meal, 
Mansoor's now has those Moxie credits, and they take those dollars to pay for painting or pay for a plumber or go on a vacation or do whatever they want to do um, with their credits. But it's all about keeping transactions locally and helping local businesses get new business. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. Um, Jared, let's go back to what you're doing with Max Boring. So you all are physically building out the computer systems are they like servers or are so they, they or, and is there soft like coding involved in this at all not or? really coding because no. that's okay. baked in but it's you think about um you know amazon web services amazon has these large computers that allow for the internet to exist right they're in s- big computers servers in a building that are plugged into the internet and it's what makes all the websites that we go to possible we're doing something similar except those computers have the, the, the Bitcoin code on it that keep a, keep a record of the transactions happening on the, on, the, on the Bitcoin blockchain. And so we have a large facility that has computers in it that are plugged in and keeping that network going. It, it, in some ways it's complex, but it, it's actually very simple. It's computers in a building that are turned on keeping, keeping the, the lights on for the blockchain. And I would imagine this is sort of like the Fort Knox of, of Bitcoin. I mean, this, this information system, is it highly secured? Is it safe and resilient from floods and storms? Is it like behind No, we're in South Louisiana. <laughs> 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 yeah, okay. so the facilities in South Louisiana, no, so we'll no, take that no. off the table. It's insured, I'll put it that way. But but it's uh, the beauty of when you, you hear the word decentralized a lot, right? Yes. So all of our computers have a copy of the Bitcoin blockchain on them, but so do all of the other computers that are doing this. So people that are in Norway, people that are in India, people that are in Canada, people that are all over the world, we're all ha- we all have a se- the same copy of the blockchain. And the fact of the matter is, if my computers go down, all of those computers are still running. And vice versa, if those computers go down, mine are still running. So the decentralized nature of it is that no one owns the blockchain, the Bitcoin network, right? We're doing our part and we're being compensated for that. But if we go away, assuming that all of the other computers don't go away at the same time, then Bitcoin will continue to to, to operate. Interesting. So walk me through this. So you like sell your computer systems or spaces on your computers to who? Bitcoin or Ethereum or other crypto dealers? Or so what? so it, it's actually much more basic than that. I have I, I have this computer we buy the computer we plug it in we put it into the internet and then that computer does only one thing it's to keep the bitcoin network going i have no customers i i I don't they don't have to buy anything from me all we do is plug our computer in to see the transaction so when you send something or he sends something it's going yep that happened yep that happened yep that happened and it's keeping that network going and then we get compensated for that so i receive bitcoin in exchange for the computer being on and and keeping that network going. So basically like a, a fee. Yeah, sort it's kind of like, well, like a hosting like, fee. So kind of like think about when you when you use your credit card. If you use your credit card here, you're, there's a transaction fee involved with that, right? So if you if you pay $100, the, the restaurant probably is only getting $98, $97 mm-hmm. because there's a fee. Sure. Because Visa, MasterCard, Amex, they're they're keeping that system of transactions going. It's uh, it's a little bit similar in Bitcoin. It's more than that, but it, it like it's easier to think about it that way. Okay, that makes sense. Because there's fees associated with moving that Bitcoin around. Right. So Charlie, are there fees associated with a community currency? Since we were talking here about using Moxie at this restaurant, if I 
use or redeem, you know, Moxie here. Do you get a, a fee off of that? And, and who besides Mansoor's is using it? Um, you told me 3,000 small businesses, or they run the gamut, restaurants, plumbers, roofers? They, they run the gamut, and while we're talking, I'll, I'll pull our app up and look at some other, other local businesses. There's more than 1,000 businesses, believe it or not, in the greater Baton Rouge area that accept Moxie. There's, it's easy to spend your money. You know, the dry cleaner Keens accepts Moxie. Come here at Mansoor's, they accept Moxie. Uh, my students do ACT test prep uh, at best-in-class tutoring. They accept Moxie. I have, I have four kids. Two of them are in braces, which is really expensive. And, of course, I go to orthodontist that accept Moxie. And so Moxie brings community businesses together and helps them prosper because they're able to attract new customers. And it takes those Moxie dollars or Moxie credits that they otherwise would not have had and buy something they need. So there is a fee. Um, inside, using Moxie feels like, a 90% off card, right? Mm -hmm. It feels like you are saving 90%. So you pay a 10% transaction fee whenever you buy something inside the Moxie network, but it's the opposite of a credit card fee. It's in essence a commission you pay for someone sending you new customers, right? There's the same thing happens mm -hmm. when restaurants let kids eat free on Tuesday nights, right? right. It's half off on Sunday afternoon, right? A business owner in Moxie uh, pays a 10% commission for all the new business that they earn. But instead of paying that commission like a credit card does whenever they earn the dollars, they don't have to pay the commission until they spend it out uh, into the network as well. So there's a 10% commission only fee that you pay to earn new business. And we're incredibly diverse from plastic surgeons and plumbers and painters to lawyers, restaurant owners. In fact, you'd be hard pressed to think of a type of business that exists in small business America that we don't have. You know, we were talking this morning about some of the boring transactions of life. You know, somebody has to come here and clean the hoods and someone has to come here and restripe the parking lot. And so mm -hmm. those are the kind of transactions that happen inside the Moxie network. Sometimes people are taking vacations and renting condos, um, but we try to be everyday, everyday transactions are gonna happen over and over and over again. Why would a restaurant want to, I mean, I can see why they'd wanna mm -hmm. be on the network, but why would, What's the real benefit for them? I mean, because, yeah. you know, does it really drive customers to them? It's exactly what it does. So restaurants are by far our number one category, right? So there are so many restaurants inside the Moxie network, and most restaurants are empty the majority of the day, right? But the building's already here. The staff is already here. The air conditioning's already on. The Wi-Fi's already on. The, the, the rent's being paid. And so when you can add additional high margin revenue, that's some of the most important revenue that a business can get. So Moxie never replaces cash paying customers. We're in Lanyap. We're trying to add an extra five or 10% to a restaurant's top line so they can have an extra three to 5% on their bottom line. And that seems like a small number, but if you can help a business become more profitable at the end of the day, um, that can be a life changing experience for our members. So sure. if you ask different restaurants, whether it's, a large restaurant like this or down the road at La Divina where you can go in for a sandwich and a cup of coffee, the moment you join the Moxie network, immediately new customers start knocking on your door. Customers that have never been there before because people have lots of options, right? There's a lot of great restaurants in Baton Rouge. Ruth Chris is a great national restaurant, but so are Mansour's and French Market Bistro and City Pork, right? Mm -hmm. um, the latter three all accept Moxie, where Ruth Chris does not. And so we focus on helping amazing local businesses do better and grow. 
You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Charlie Davis of Moxie and Jared Loftus of Max Boring. Y'all both have such interesting histories as successful entrepreneurs. And Jared, you were, I mean, you've always been sort of at the cutting edge of, of trends. You were with Raza.io, an AI-powered email newsletter. And then how did you get from that into Max Boring? Or are you still doing Raza? I can't help and myself. That's the, that's the problem. No, I, th- I, I, was, I, I started getting into crypto uh, around 2017. And, and, and during that time, just paying attention sure. and, and trying to better understand it. And uh, eventually it just got to a point where I, I had to either get in or get out because it was, it was taking up more of my time and interest and I really liked what I was seeing and I felt like it was the opportunity to get in on something that I think will fundamentally change a lot of the ways that, that we do things. Um, and I don't know what that's gonna look like, but it's kind of like the internet back in the late 90s. It's like, is it a thing, is it not? No, it looks like it's a thing, but, but what exactly? Who knows? And uh, that's an interesting space. So, uh, artificial intelligence is a great space to be in, especially right now. I mean, obviously, it's it's right. it's getting its kind of day in the sun right now. But um, uh, something about the crypto space just pulled me in, and 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 uh, I'm glad that I'm glad that I'm here. So, did you found Max Boring, or they brought yes. you in? You yes. founded yes. it, and so, you have partners in it. How so, how big of a business entity is? Oh, it it's a, it's it, it's me and a, and, and a couple others. Uh, as far as on the day-to-day, I've got partners, but it, it kind of got started with um, actually, uh, you know, partner at, at Master Prep, Craig Gehring. He was doing some uh, Ethereum mining. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the other cryptocurrencies that's out there. Right. And, and, and us comparing notes on what he was doing, and then I had gotten into something else uh, called Helium. We started, you know, again, two entrepreneurs that can't help themselves. Uh, comparing notes and going, ah, this kind of is on the side, but it feels like there might be a business here. And then uh, about a year later, we said, okay, like, let's form this up and, and make it a real thing and, and, and go after it for real. So uh, that's when we started putting this model together of, of building out a facility, getting some computers and, and doing it on a much more large scale, not just like in the garage kind of thing. Okay. And, and Charlie, for, for you, you were doing Mastery Prep and Moxie, and you've been doing both at least until Mastery Prep sold last late 2022. So I was the original co-founder and actually recruited Jared to come work of for Mastery, Mastery Prep. Prep. With You're Craig Gehring. With Craig, but this is like a decade ago. Right. And so I left Mastery Prep sometime around 2016 or 17 and okay. switched over to Moxie. Okay. So I haven't been actively working in Mastery Prep. For a while. Uh, for, for many years. I got you. Okay. And then Moxie used to be called the Trade Authority. And I remember when we talked to Chip Davis, who's not a relative, right? Just, Just a very confusing coincidence. <laughs> both C. Davises. Okay. What but are the I, odds? I do I know. remember talking to him about like a logo. And he said, you know, when you walk into businesses, you'll see our little logo on the on the window or something. I don't know. Maybe... I've never noticed it, but but what made y'all change the name? Was Moxie just more catchy, or was Great it a question. marketing decision, or a so it was a number of things. Trade Authority was initially established to replicate Partners One, which is a bar a local barter exchange here in Baton Rouge that was phenomenally successful. Trade Authority only existed behind the scenes, so every network had a different name. So imagine if every McDonald's had a different name or every pizza had a different name, right? It's just confusing to have a business network 
where there's different names. And so we came along and Moxie is money with an X factor. It's spelled like money, but instead of the N, there's an X. And it's also an abbreviation for medium of exchange, which of course is the core definition of what money does or what credit is. So we wanted a name that could be like Uber or like Kleenex. You know, we wanted Moxie to be to become over time this nationwide and then eventually international organization. And so we wanted a name that would stand the test of time. Uh, so believe it or not, uh, we spent three months coming up with the name. I went through 1,500, wow. 1,500 different possible names before Moxie came along. And so a lot of effort went into building a very consumer-friendly name. And it's one of the better business decisions we've probably ever made. The name is very catchy. People yes. love, it, love it. They they gravitate to it. When I tell someone with Moxie, like, oh, I've heard of that. I'm like, no, you probably haven't. <laughs> this is brand new. But it's a word that, that that's captivating. And yeah. so it's been a really cool experience. In the past, I've owned varsity vests and different confusing name businesses. And so I wanted to be out of the business of picking bad names and finally get in the business of picking picking good names for, for a company. And and you also have now a mobile app. Mm -hmm. How recent a development is that? The mobile app has changed radically probably in the last 18 months. So that would be in 2022 and early 2023. Yeah, we, we were able to hire a phenomenal CTO out of Charleston, South Carolina named Jack Heaton who's been a game changer for us. It's like having three employees in one. And so he is cranking out lots of new technology for us. And people are also used to using their iPhones, right? It's the push of a button. I can find out which dry cleaner do I use, which plumber do I use. It makes using Moxie much easier. We still have physical credit cards, but over time those are gonna go away and using Moxie would just be like using Venmo, the push of a button. I can instantly send Jared $50 to buy a t-shirt. I'm sure he still has some laying around, you know, in his attic somewhere, right? Or buy advertising or, or come to a restaurant. Like you, the, the whole concept of a swipe credit card is that's technology from the 1950s. Yeah. And so it's gone in Europe. It still exists here in the U.S. But Moxie is on the cutting edge of however people are extending credit to one another. So we want our technology to disappear. So it's more about a plumber getting a new customer right or a dentist getting a new customer it's not about the technology it's about the experience of buying something from the local business owner where they're benefiting and you're benefiting at the same time excellent jared you mentioned that you are paid basically like a fee or your your company is max boring in bitcoin so do you cash it out i mean do you do stuff in bitcoin transactions or is it more like something that you're sort of investing in and just it's a, it's a little bit of all of the above i mean we still have bills that we need to pay in sure. u.s dollars so right. we we have to convert that bitcoin into u.s dollars to pay those bills I still have to pay for my internet i still have to pay energy right so there are things that are are, are still necessary for that uh outside of that of like how much we hold how much we you know hope will go up that that's kind of a day-to-day -day depending on on the market and, and how we're looking at things but uh, you know, in, earlier in your, in your intro comments, you're talking about like, oh, I thought it was going to go away, but maybe it hasn't. And people are left kind of scratching their head. It's been a really interesting time to be in this space, especially with the way that, that banks have gone in the last month and a half. People have started to look at this thing that at one time sounded crazy or conspiratorial. Now it's, oh, well, this concept of not being able to print more of the the, the currency itself, like Bitcoin's capped. There will never be more than 21 million. It is, it's set in stone. In a world where we continue to print dollars, mm -hmm. people are starting to understand maybe there's some value to that. 
and uh, and so it's been interesting to watch the perception around this crypto space that's got a bunch of fraud and craziness. Right. I think that's weeded out. Bitcoin and crypto, in my opinion, are two different things. Like it, you've got Bitcoin and Ethereum at the top, and then twenty thousand other cryptocurrencies out there. It's kind of like websites. I mean, just like there's. Netflix and Amazon and Google, but there's millions of websites that aren't anything of value. It's kind of the same in crypto. And so we're focused in on, on, the, on the one that's at the top that I think has the staying power. And, uh, and, and I think it, people are starting to come around on some of the basic tenets of it, of, of why it exists and, and what we think it'll do. And that's Bitcoin and Ethereum that you think are Those really are the two, at yeah. the top. Based on market cap, but, but also in like what they do and how long they've been around. Not financial advice. Okay. Well, Jared Loftus and Charlie Davis, I wish we had another half an hour because there are so many things that I would like to still cover. But it's been great to visit with you both and to have you both back on this show. You all are so inspiring as entrepreneurs and doing so many great creative things for our community. So thank you all both so much for being here with me today on Out to Lunch and sharing the updates on your very exciting companies. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Great to reconnect with Jared. It's been too long. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Charlie Davis of Moxie and Jared Loftus of Max Boring. You can find out more about Moxie and Max Boring by going to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, it's batonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Photos are taken by Eric Otts, and you can find more of Eric's photos on Instagram at at acro, that's A-C-R-E-A-U-X. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Today's show was engineered by J.T. O'Neill. Our associate producer is Peter Maschuti, and our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you around the table again here at Mansour's next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansour's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansour's is open for lunch daily 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. And by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.